What's up, everybody? Welcome to Building Our Power. This is Gabby and Katie. And we're back with another episode. You can hit us up at Building Our PWR on all social media channels. If you'd like to donate to the work we are doing in the city, you can do so. Link is in the description. If you would like to join us, link is in the description. Um, I think that's all the housekeeping for today. Uh, today we are going to mainly be talking about this Bill Cosby documentary we watched uh, this weekend. And uh, before that, though, I did want to talk about this interesting uh, goings-on that has been happening on Twitter and, you know, around America. So, apparently, all the MAGA people are now anti-FBI, talking about defunding the FBI because they are investigating uh, Donald Trump. (laughs) And I have literally seen people, unironically, at that. Say that this is a good thing because it's making people, it's making the right start to question the government. And now it's our turn to convert them to the left. The, I don't, I don't, I, I was, I was flabbergasted. I was surprised that it was not satire. These people literally think. Because these folks is upset that Donald Trump is 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 getting investigated, that now they're on their way to becoming a Marxist in in thirty days. This has nothing to do with leftism, and that's I feel like needs to be a distinction a distinction between being a populist or being anti government and being a communist and an anarchist. They are not the same thing. The KKK has been anti-government, it's been pro-government at times. There's all types of militia groups, there's all types of Republicans and conservatives that are anti-government. That does not mean that they care about the people. And I feel like that they just use that as an excuse to do what they already wanted to do. These are the same people that are saying, yeah, we should allow Nazis up in here and... Uh, we don't need to talk about race and that's divisive and we need to go to the white working class and we need to do like y'all were just waiting for an end to just do what y'all wanted to do anyway, which is allow these racist ass people into this organization so that y'all can have more power and continue on y'all little white supremacist little uh, field dreams and communism. And uh, yeah, I just thought that that was really silly. Uh, Especially, I know somebody was talking about, you know, y'all can peep out all of the, uh, when when the when liberals are co-opting uh, leftist language, but you can't peep it when the conservatives are co-opting. Yes, they can. They literally can. They just don't want to. And I feel like it's yeah. up to us to not be naive for any of these parties, whether it be the leftists that are defending the people or the 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 conservatives. All of these people are in this joint and uh, trying to agree with each other and trying to do all this stuff for their own personal gain. They do not have our best interests at heart. We're over here trying to fight for the liberation of uh, black, indigenous people, of trans people. We're trying to, to, to break uh, gender norms. We're trying to get rid of uh, family hierarchies. And y'all over here saying, oh, look over here. These people don't like the government for two seconds. 
y'all are it's unserious and i just wanted to get that out there was something you also said to me about history like these people they don't understand history can you explain that too yeah just the simple fact that you know a lot of these a lot of fascist governments a lot of fascist organizations utilize populist rhetoric in order to gain people's appeal and then end up just using fascism all over again you got think like with hitler even donald trump Mm-hmm. I'm going to drain the swamp. I'm going to do this for the working class. All of that just to be, just giving you the, the, the same old regular degular fascism. And, yeah, so definitely y'all need to read. People, we, we need to read. We need to get educated, especially some of these people, because y'all came to read all these books. Y'all came to know all these theory, but y'all fall for this. Like, I feel like y'all really ain't reading like you say you are. Uh, so let's get it together. All right, well, um, now we're going to get started talking about this uh, Bill Cosby four-part documentary series that we watched on YouTube. Uh, You guys can watch it for free. We'll make sure to link episode one down below. Um, But trigger warning before we get started, rape, sexual assault, talk of drugs, uh, and talk of Bill Cosby. So um, basically, like I said, it's a four-part series where Bill Cosby is looked at from quote-unquote America's dad to alleged sexual predator. Um, Gabby and I watched it this weekend and we absolutely, we have some things to say. Yeah, so uh, I guess I can go first. I can tell you guys a little bit about like what the documentary was about. Um, The documentary to me was about like episode one to two even into three, they practically just talked about how wonderful of a man uh, for black people that Bill Cosby was. That he literally was God on earth, essentially. That he helped everybody that he could. That he was this beautiful, wonderful, kind guy. But he had a dark side, is what they how they framed it, in a way. Um, and his dark side wasn't what America pictured him to be. The documentary also made the victims practically, like, relive their story if they wanted to. Like, at one point, um, you can tell that the interviewer asked, or the director asked, can you give me a timeline of what happened to you? And, like, yeah, it just, that in and of itself was a problem, and then how it was framed was a problem, but we'll get into that. Um, what do you, what, how did you view the documentary, Gabby? I viewed the documentary as a very liberal, bourgeois, petty bourgeois take on, uh, race and misogyny in America. No sort of, just very minimal historical materialism and, um, devoid of a lot of, um, Centering of regular people, regular working class people, and uh, a lot of uh, he said, or a lot of they said this, they said that in order to be unbiased. Right, yeah. Um, while they did, you know, concede to the fact that Bill Cosby was a predator and a rapist, it did seem like they put a little too much time harboring on the positives he did, the good he did. Like, we know what Bill Cosby did. We know Fat Albert. We know the Cosby Show. We don't have to spend 50 hours talking about this stuff. But that's what they did, right? Yeah, they spent a little too long on that. So, that was my 
first little uh, thinking of how it went. Um, I did think that because the director was a cishet man, he was black, but he was a cishet man, he missed a lot of marks, especially when talking about rape culture, talking about consent, talking about um, just the ways in which women are not protected, especially black women, uh, making a lot of excuses for people defending Bill Cosby with giving the, the facts and stuff like that and not really taking a stand on saying, you know, this was wrong, this, you know. Um, so there's that. So one of the main things we want to talk about, we didn't want to just talk about this documentary. We, we wanted to uh, bring it into a bigger issue. Um, so in this documentary, they talk a lot about how the Cosby show changed the way that black people were perceived in America. You know, they say in the 70s, things were just so bad. All they talked about was the crime and the drugs. In the early 80s, the crack epidemic, all they saw was negative images of themselves. The television shows, all they had was good times and all these negative television shows. And Bill Cosby comes in and he shows America that there can be a black dad. And there can be a nuclear family that loves each other that is black and that is making money. And apparently that changed the entire world. That was in the 1980s. Okay. First of all, look where we're at now. Nothing changed. Secondly... They played, because they were so, they're so devoid of, like, working class people and regular people, they just played into it. They didn't question why. They didn't question if it was necessary. They didn't question if it was a good or a bad thing. They just said, yes, yes, black people can be rich. Black people can be whatever. But during this time was the time of Ronald Reagan right. with his destructive Reaganomics that destroyed black America. We still see an effect of it to this day, whether it be through the crack epidemic, whether it be through the cutting of all the, the, the social uh, programs of the, the food stamps and all types of stuff. Black people were struggling at that time. And while we were struggling... At that time, there was, on prime time, a black middle-class family with a doctor and a lawyer who showed America that black people are not stereotypes, even though they represented maybe 2% of the entire black population. Why was that important? Why was that important for America? Well, damn, if everybody is caught up in the Huxtables and this black guy is America's dad, well, then we ain't got to worry about this racism stuff no more because we like black people. We love Claire Huxtable. We love the daddy. And, um, you know, there's racial progress. And and something else I was thinking about as far as media and, and, and us being so convinced that representation is all that matters and all these things just uh, contribute so much to our lives materially when they really don't, is because they help in the lulling. They help in the distraction. They help in the escapism so that you don't have time to think and, and, and wonder about why things are the way that they are. 
They were saying how, you know, there was all this negative press in the media about the crack epidemic, about uh, people being killed in the streets, about there being single uh, parent homes and things like that. And they needed the Cosby show to help them escape from that. Well, when you're escaping, do you have time to theorize? Do you have time to think? Do you have time to organize? Do you have time to challenge these systems? You really don't. Especially if the the things that are distracting you are things that are saying that, you know, all you need to do is pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. If you're poor, that's on you. And you could be living this life too. You just have to work hard. So, I don't know. I just feel like they should have put more emphasis on that. So that when it came to the pound cake speech, people wouldn't be surprised. Because Bill Cosby literally has been preaching the entire thing, the same thing his entire career. About black, quote unquote, excellence. Black excellence of the rich. And and shitting on poor people. Yeah. I mean, you said it all. Um, I basically, I kind of want to like, highlight something that was really interesting to me that I was thinking about. It's like, there was this part towards the beginning, whenever they were talking about Bill Cosby coming to uh, fruition, essentially. And it was so cringy. They were like, yeah, Bill Cosby, he broke racial lines with his jokes. He was so awesome with white people. His entire, uh, what it, uh, his entire fan base was white people at one time. He was the he was literally the single black man that they felt they could trust. And to me, like as a white person, I'm sitting here thinking, wow. Like long story short, uh, Bill Cosby was literally being racialized. Number one in that situation, but also. Why, when you, when you're uh, a black person and you're in a white only space, there, there's something there. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta ask yourself, what's going on here? If all the if white all people the, love me. Yeah, what's going on what here? What am I, what am I perpetuating? What am I promoting? And again, it's that same shit. He might, he might not have been saying it overtly back then, but it was that same racist-ass white supremacist shit back then. There were also jokes at the beginning that he was making, and again, they were talking about how he's breaking racial lines, but if you look back and you listen to the jokes, the jokes are nothing but racist jabs at black people who were out in the street, who were protesting, who were literally getting killed in the front line. That, that's all it was. It was a jab. And then all the white people laughed at it. And so, yeah, you're right. He told people from the get-go where he was standing at and where he was at. And people just, they looked over it. Because to them, that's the middle, middle class uh, black people. That, that was their aspiration, right? You wanted to be the Huxtables. And they said that in the in the documentary. There's middle class, upper middle class black people in the documentary talking about how we wanted that same family. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another part too where they were talking about how he was like friends with Hugh Hefner that really bothered me. Um, Hugh Hefner is a known racist, a known rapist. Um, and so there's a, por- a portion where they're like showing, 
uh, again, no, there's no historical, no material analysis, no nothing, no context of what's going on during that time. But they show a white woman versus a black woman who were both Playboy bunnies. And the white woman is saying, I felt sexualized. I felt awful. This was one of the worst times of my lives. I was raped during this time, X, Y, and Z. And then he shows the black woman saying the exact opposite. This was a wonderful time for me. They took care of us. They paid us well. They did this. They did that. But there's, again, no historical analysis. There's no material analysis. Why would a black woman feel that way in that space during that time from the get-go? White women lived at a higher standard than black women ever thought about living. Even now. So, like, that just, it just didn't sit right with me that he was doing it that way. Um, also, like I said at the beginning, he made it seem like it was like this, oh, two different worlds of Bill Cosby. And it made it seem like he was just this wonderful, kind, amazing person. But he had a dark side. And that really, like, it hurt me. Because it's like, no, this was the same man. Mm -hmm. This wasn't a separate person that y'all talk to every single day on set. He screamed in women's faces on set. Y'all watched those women go into his dressing room on set. Y'all literally saw this man every single day perpetuating these uh, misogynistic, rapist, rape culture, ideology, whatever. And y'all did nothing. Yep. You did nothing. And somebody in the documentary said, well, y'all couldn't do anything then, apparently, because you didn't know about it. But now you do, and what are you doing? Nothing. Nothing. Yep. I mean, that's what, that's in, in this capitalist society, you know, Bill Cosby got to the point where he was extremely powerful. He was, if yes. he didn't show up on the set, they was going to lose money. If he wanted you fired, you were going to get fired. Yeah. And so, because the industry is so interconnected, and if you get back blackballed by one big uh, actor or whatever, you'll be blackballed forever by everybody else. Nobody wanted to shake the table. But that's the thing, too. It's That's not a good excuse no more. Because Bill Cosby ain't doing the Cosby show no more. But you still had men on that documentary who worked with Bill Cosby and said at the end, he still they still respect him. And they'll still it's love him? St they'll still love him because he's Bill Cosby. He raped, confirmed, 60 women, allegedly. Okay? If it's 60 women that came forward, if it's 60 people that came forward, you know for a fact it's got to be at least 100 or more. Yeah. Yeah. Because majority of the time, victims do not come forward because of the backlash that they, uh, uh, they, they basically get to, to happen or what happens to them afterwards. And it's still happening to these women. Like I talked about, uh, the director made them relive their trauma. All these white women are on camera, even the black women on camera, uh, talking about their trauma, the timeline to go up to being raped. That's so re-traumatizing. Mm -hmm. Having to relive that, I have PTSD. And having to just think about the, the situation I was in that caused me to have PTSD can 
literally throw me into a total disaster mess. The rape? Reliving that on national TV? Reliving for that. For fun, basically? Because it, it, it's, it's essentially, you're doing it for this documentary, and yeah, you agreed to it, but did you agree to being re-traumatized? And the, there was a black woman on there who said, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to tell it to you. I'm, lit I'm literally not going to go through that. Bill Cosby raped me. That's it. That's what you're getting. And 100%, I'm for that. Because I should not have to tell you my step-by-step, -step, everything that freaking happened to me, in order for you to believe that I'm a rape victim. Yep. And I, I, I would find it disrespectful. Because here's the thing. Like, even this, now we're going to the thing with R. Kelly. It, even with like that, like I feel like people, like us who aren't the victims of these people, it's a game. It's it's a political exercise. It's a theoretical thing. I cannot imagine a person abusing me, and then this same person who's doing a documentary about my abuse over there also singing praises of that same man no. because he was such a great comedian because he was a quote-unquote america's dad that y'all fantasized about him being your parent uh i feel like and it's it's very it's very i would feel very insulted for somebody to say well can we separate the art from the artist me too yeah this guy, his voice, his body, his his everything, his mind, the same mind and the same body that created this fantasy for y'all was the same one that abused them. So why in the world are you even entertaining that type of stuff? That's the thing I really didn't like because I feel like, this, that's that liberal stuff. Mm. Liberals feel like you can't take a stand on anything. Nope. It always has to be, well, there's this side in there. There's this side in that. There's, there's only one side, the right side. That man is a monster and needs to be dealt with. And he got away easy with this shit. So, yeah. I think it really, it really highlighted, maybe unintentionally, just how deep um, the layers of misogyny, misogyny war for the black women, uh, the 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 power that patriarchy brings. They didn't want to talk about that. Yeah, because now they they talked about you know, well as as black people, you know, we wanted to we wanted to protect Bill Cosby because you know there's a history of the white women. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. Of the white women. Uh, you know, false claiming that they was raped by Bill Cosby and or raped, raped by black people in general. So my whole thing with that is you're literally operating up under white supremacy. What you're saying is we want to protect this black man so that he can operate and, and move about life as a, a abusive white man moves about life. We don't want him to have to face any consequences because white men don't face consequences. And it don't matter who the victim is. It don't matter if it's a white woman. It don't matter if it's a black woman. It don't matter if it's a black child like we see with R. Kelly. Like, so much needed to be and needs to be unpacked in general, whatever community, whatever part you're, a group you're a part of. And that's why we're always talking about, you know, not replicating these structures. Yeah. 
because it's so easy to do if you're not intentionally contemplating and thinking about what is it that I'm doing? Am I causing harm? Who am I causing harm to? Are the most marginalized in my group having a voice? Who am I protecting? If you're not doing that, you are going to just go with the flow and it's going to be the same replicated white supremacist capitalist structure. So that's not an excuse. There's not nothing to even to even say. And I feel I'm offended that he even put that out there because, yeah, that's the way some people think. But that's not a, that's not even a legitimate thought to have or to even entertain like that's something you just say yeah and you just throw it out the way and be like obviously this is wrong yeah so there that that part that you're talking about where he was like yeah the black community feels like we need to protect black men at all costs because of x y and z happening to them and while you were having those thoughts like what you just said my first thought about that was okay well if that's happening to black men what do you think is happening to black women? Mm-hmm. What do you think is happening to black queer people? Mm-hmm. What do you think is happening to black indigenous people who are also queer? Like, you're still, like you said, you're still so focused on the patriarchy. You're still so focused on, we don't want to step on the toes of cishet world, of this cishet world, or whatever you want to call it. Like, it just... It was very liberalized. It was very bad. Um, There was another part I really, really, really want to talk about. Um, There was a sex therapist on there who was talking about consent. Uh, Sona Lee Rochatoire is their name. Um, Basically, they were talking about, you know, consent. You can consent to taking pills. You can consent to taking drinks. That doesn't mean that you can consent to have sex. Mm -hmm. 100% that is absolutely correct. Uh, Consent. You should always, always ask for consent. You do not need to think that they want it. You don't need to think anything. Just ask. But then they they, they also said something else that just really, I was like, no. Um, they said, and I quote, in a sex positive world, Bill Cosby would be able to pay a sex worker to essentially take the pill and be passed out and and then he could pay to rape her essentially is what they were saying and all i got to say to that is no no absolutely not uh-uh. in a sex positive world what what the fuck is a sex positive world where there's no patriarchy if there's no patriarchy if there's no white supremacy then there's not going to be sex therapists who are not sex therapists they're not going to be sex workers who have to go down to that level in order to be paid in order for a livable wage in order for a, a living standard of uh realness whatever you want to call it that's the thing. That's why I would say it's, it's very liberalized because it's like you're talking about a sex positive world in a capitalist world. It's not. Come on happen. now, that's not. It's not possible. That's not gonna happen. But it, that's why I said that was, it was just. It was so much just thrown here and there. It was just so much. It was, <laughs> but I, I do want to center the black women yes. that did speak up. Of course, it's always the black woman that spoke up and and called it what it is. That man's a rapist. The lady from Ebony Magazine put that magazine out. Get death threats from doing all that. And that man, the, the documentary, I just want to say it did not have to be made um, by this guy. 
the documentary could have been made by the ebony lady, the mm-hmm. editor, the ex-editor-in-chief. He literally piggybacked off her story in order to create this. And I'm sure they came to some kind of agreement. It had to be some kind of agreement. But at the same time, it's just like, you didn't have to tell this story. It was not your place even to tell this story. And there's no, there was just no reason. Um, I do want to talk about, though, the liberal uh, victims who got the limitations removed. And, you know, that's wonderful. But can you think about... <laughs> Can you think about the privilege you must have to say, you know what, I'm just going to go to the government and ha- hold their hand and lobby them and say, you know what, um, I no longer want these limitations on the rape so that I can do something for myself. I just can't, I can't imagine doing that. Yeah. And the Gloria all red lay, like, she could have been there at that. Like, I feel, she, I feel like she yeah, had some money true. off of that regardless. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And something else you're talking about. We're going uh, on Making rants, the but... documentary. But there's there was such a stark difference between that one and the surviving R. Kelly one. Yeah. Okay. And the surviving R. Kelly one was done by a black woman. Um... And in that one, there's not so much focus on that man and his damn career. It's focused and centered on the victims. Right. And the crimes and how many people let stuff go about and go on and how many people turn blind eyes. Yeah. And how much uh, terror he caused in people's lives because that's literally all that matters at this point. We don't need to know that that man made I Believe I Can Fly. We already know that. What we don't know is the extent of this man's crimes. And we don't know what we can do to not only try to get justice for the victims, but prevent this this culture of silence to continue. Like if you if this just gonna be like a little a little BuzzFeed documentary, like you could have just put it I mean, on BuzzFeed. That, that it really was. They even had a BuzzFeed uh lesbian on there. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was definitely some elitist bullshit. Um, definitely don't recommend watching it unless you want to. I mean, it's free, so I, you, I mean, there's that. But yeah, it's we need more people that are just tackling things from a dialectical materialist realm, and. I feel like that would bring something that we have not seen or heard when it comes to just rape culture in the industry or rape culture in our lives. Right. Like, there's people around in our communities that ain't getting as much power as Bill, Bill Cosby, as much money, but they're still able to get get away with doing all types of stuff because the patriarchy don't care about your class. Patriarchy is, is going to benefit the people that it benefits. And while people are screaming about misandry, <laughs> I want to see the, the misandrous equ- equivalent of that. Well, all right, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Gabby, you want to go ahead and close us out? Yeah, if you'd like to uh, donate to the work we're doing, you can do so. Link is in the description. If you'd like to join us in Memphis, you can do so. Link is in the description. I know we're supposed to be finishing that Black on Joy, guys. We got a little distracted. We will come back with another episode where we're reading that. It will more than likely be the next one. If not, it'll be the one after that. Um, <laughs> if you would like to hit us up, you can do so at Building RPWR. You can hit us individually. KT up at KT underscore does art. Hit me up at Gabby's Music. This has been Gabby. And KT. And this has been Building Our Power.